Welcome to the Vanguard Bible Church podcast. For more information about Vanguard Bible Church, visit www.vanguardbible.org or come worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. at Freedom Middle School in Northwest Bakersfield. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, David, for that introduction. Uh, I'm so glad that we could, my wife Shannon and I, could be with you and join you here in worship and as we study God's Word uh, today. You know, it seems like we've been in an ever, never-ending kind of chaotic moment as, over this last year and a half. I don't know about you. Uh, the pandemic has just been all-consuming at times as things are constantly changing. i got to constantly be watching the news to see what's, what's changed and how the data has changed and what mandates are changed or what have you. Chaos seems to be uh, going on all around us. And in fact, yesterday, yesterday you read in the news, you may have read in the news, that Haiti actually had a 7.2 earthquake again. They just had one 11 years ago. Uh, in fact, you, you may have seen in the news that actually this morning uh, in, in war-torn Afghanistan, uh, the Taliban is knocking on the door and trying to take over again. Seems like chaos seems to be going on all around us, no matter where we look these days. And, and definitely in the last year and a half, the pandemic has brought some chaos to us individually and definitely to us globally, as we're in a global pandemic, unfortunately, that seems to never be ending through the ups and the downs of the roller coaster of COVID-19. Uh, we're living in this global pandemic, chaos. COVID-19 seems to be surrounding us, the fear of, of it and a lot, of, a lot of changes have happened. We have to stay on top of it as, as variants have, are changing, as the Delta variant has, has started, and now we're, new restrictions are coming into place, as school is now to, about to start, and, and, and new restrictions and mandates are coming into place. And it seems to be like chaos seems to be surrounding us. Over this last year and a half, I don't know about you, but, but maybe you've had some struggles in your own life. Uh, maybe the loss of a job, a possibly loss financially in your own business. Uh, I know for me, I've, I've struggled with that quality time with, during the, the quarantine type period with, with quality time with my friends and family. Well, no matter what it may be in your own personal life, each of us struggle during times in our life, at times that seem like just Chaos may be going on around us as we go through a certain struggle in our lives. Now, I know for me and my wife, the first or the last week in January 2021 was a, a tough, tough week. It was a chaotic week that was, was filled with, with heartbreak. That first, last week in January 2021, uh, it was a time in which that first Saturday, that first Saturday, my wife, Shannon, her mom uh, called her on the phone to let her know that her dad was in the ICU as the doctors were doing tests to try and figure out what was going on and what was happening as her dad's bladder and kidneys were failing. 
Uh, That Sunday, she received a call from a dear friend to let her know that he needed her to pray. He wanted us to pray for his father who was battling and losing a battle with COVID-19 in the hospital. On that Monday, that Monday of that week, both my parents called from Houston, called from Houston to let me know that they had both tested positive for COVID-19, and they both had 104 degree temperatures, and they both had underlying conditions, and so we were very worried. That Tuesday, my, mom, my wife's mom called her to, to let her know that her 42-year-old cousin was found lying on the floor of her house and she had had a seizure from an unknown brain hemorrhage. And that Thursday, that Thursday, my wife's cousin and our friend's father both passed away, both passed away. That Saturday, my wife watched as her cousin's funeral streamed live from Colorado. And that Monday of that week, the last week in January, uh, we both went to our friend's father's funeral here in Bakersfield. It was a lot of heartache. It, it was a lot of struggle and chaos that was, that was going on and was all happening that one particular week, last week in January. Today we're going to look together about how we can find true hope in our chaotic, pandemic-type moments that go on in each of our lives. Read with me Romans 15, 3. May the God of hope fill you with all joy, peace, as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Christ is the hope during the pandemic, the the chaotic moments of each of our lives. Christ is the hope. If that is where you may be today, or maybe you may be struggling with, I don't know what, but God does, today and over this last year, the the truth is, and the hope that that we find and which we're going to see in scripture today is that Christ is the hope for each of us individually as we struggle through times of chaos in each of our lives. Christ is the hope. He is our sustainer. He is our savior. And he is the hope that can bring us through life's chaotic moments. Hebrews 11.1 1 reads, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Today, as we look at the story of the cross, we're going to see that the hope that we can find is in Jesus Christ during our times of chaos. Now, let's take a moment, and we're going to go take a few moments here. We're going to go back in history. We're going to go back in history to the time of the cross, and we're going to see at this moment, a a similar moment, a a crisis moment in history, how it impacted the lives of others during that time, similarly how Christ's hope can impact our lives as well. Think with me, imagine with me what it must have been like to be there witnessing this scene of Jesus on the cross. 
People were crying, they were screaming in, in agony as they watched their loved one, their, their, their loved one dying in pain on the cross. People were feeling the loss and the pain of their loved one on the cross. Others over here, they, they were jeering and, and cheering. And, and the soldiers off to the side, uh, they were gambling for the remnants of Christ's clothes. It was a chaotic scene. It was a chaotic moment. Let's look here at this point in history. We're going to base our, our teaching today off of Luke chapter 24. We're going to start in verse 13. Look with me. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. The first truth that we find here in Luke 24 is this. Jesus walks with us. Jesus walks with his followers. Jesus' followers were in this chaotic emotionally draining moment in time. And Jesus chose to walk with his followers in their moment of grief, in their moment of chaos, in their moment of sadness and pain. He chose to walk with them like he can walk and chooses to walk with each of us during our pandemic moments of each of our lives. Now, as... Last year, as this pandemic rolled on, we, month, I don't know, we're probably in month 18 at this point, possibly. Month three, think back to month three, I had started to gain that COVID-19, the COVID-19 pounds. We were deep in quarantine, eating everything out of house and home. You may relate. And, and so my wife and I, we decided to start a new tradition. Uh, we, we needed a way to decompress and to, to, to kind of chill out and, and decompress from the day that was filled with Zoom calls and virtual meetings and to get out of the house and just decompress. So we started a new, uh, a new tradition in our house and we started to walk our neighborhood. We got outside of our house finally and we chose to, to be with each other, to decompress with each other and walk our neighborhood. It's something we, we really hadn't gotten to. We really weren't, we hadn't done before this point. So she, my wife and I, we, we took our dog and we started to walk the neighborhood together. Now, a month later, I decided that I needed an upgrade. I needed an upgrade. And so I, a month, uh, month later after that, I, I started to, to do some research and I found that I felt like I needed a set, mini Segway. And so the next day after putting it together, we would go out and, and, you know, our decompressing time together, we would walk together. Shannon had our dog and, and I had my Segway. And, you know, before too long, I noticed I found myself just zooming ahead of her. I would just zoom ahead of my wife. And, and you know, I'd zoom ahead, you know, yards, football fields down the road. And then I'd come back to her and the dog and, and I would see how she, progress she's making, how far she's coming along. And then I would just turn around and I would zoom ahead of her again. Yeah, I, I started to realize that, you know, 
it kind of was defeating the point at this point. Yeah, I, I wasn't being with her. I wasn't walking with her. I wasn't sharing with her. I wasn't decompressing with her. No, I was walking ahead of her. I was alone. What was the point? Jesus chooses to walk with us. But it also requires us to choose to walk with him. We have to walk with, with Christ. Jesus chose to walk with his followers. You know, they could have bailed on him. And they could have said, you know, uh, you know this, this stranger guy, right? They didn't recognize him at the time. This stranger guy, you know, you, 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 you're a stranger. You know, we don't want to walk with you. But they didn't. That's not what they said. They could have said, no, you know, we're, we're really tired. Why don't you go on ahead? We want to walk alone. But they, they didn't. They didn't say that. Too often we find ourselves choosing to walk through the crisis moments of our lives without Christ, without the hope, the hope of the world. A lot of times we choose to walk separately, alone in our chaotic situations. And too often we find ourselves either are walking in front of or, or walking behind Christ during our, Christ, our crisis moments during our chaotic moments, because we feel like or we choose to just do this, get through this, recover from this, pivot from this, struggle through this, whatever that may be on our own. When you are the most wrecked in your life, when I'm at the most wrecked point in my life, do you choose to walk with Jesus? Do you choose to walk ahead of him or you choose to walk with him? Sometimes we choose to bail. We choose to bail on Jesus. We choose to bail on Jesus to rely on, instead we choose to rely on something or someone else to get us through, to support us, to heal us, to direct us, to give us the answers that we're seeing, seeking. We, we bail on him. Jesus says, I am here to help you through. I am here to help you through the chaotic overwhelming at times moments in your life. Choose to walk with me. Sometimes we choose to walk ahead. We choose to walk ahead. We zoom ahead, Christ. We zoom ahead of him. Because we think that we can figure things out on our own. Maybe we choose to, to walk ahead of him because we lack the patience to wait for his answers. Maybe we choose to, to walk ahead of him because we lack the, the patience. Uh, we don't see that we, we lack the time to, to wait for his directions. We walk ahead of him. Maybe we walk ahead of him because, you know, we, we think we know all the answers. We've got all the answers. Maybe we, we walk ahead of him because uh, we think that we know how to pivot. We know how to recover during that chaotic moment on our own. Now, I find it True for, for many of us, you know, a lot of us, we have that uh, American value of, of rugged individualism or our brute, uh, bootstrap mentality, you know. You know, we, if, with enough money, with enough effort, with enough time, we can do anything on our own. And there's nothing wrong with that mentality on its own, except when that mindset prevents us or, or, or it prevents us or provides a roadblock for us to rely upon Christ during the chaotic moments in our lives. 
Psalms 135 reads, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. We need to wait and walk with Christ, especially in the pain and in the crisis moments of each of our lives. He will always choose to walk with us, but we need to be willing to walk alongside him as well. This brings us to the second truth that we see here in the passage of Luke 24, and that's this. Jesus is here to listen to us. Let's read here, starting in verse 17. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written on their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, he, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. And he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb, at his tomb early this morning. And they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, and just as the women had said. Jesus' followers were going through this chaotic, heart-wrenching time, moment in their lives. Sadness, the Bible says, was written on their faces. You could see it. You could see the pain. You could see the struggle. You could see the confusion that was going on on their faces. They, they were struggling because they thought they knew who Jesus was, but, but he died. They thought that he was going to save them from, from this, this, this physical, you know, Roman rule. But he died, and now his body is missing. And that's when Jesus asked them, what's going on? What's going on? And they let him out. They let all of their struggles, their confusion out. They let him know what was going on. We have to be willing to talk to Christ. We have to be willing to share what's going on inside of us. He's willing to listen, he says. He's willing to listen to us. But we have to be willing to share. We have to be willing to share. Too often, I find the truth is, is that we like to bottle things up, right? Yeah, I, I, I can do this on my own. I'm going to just push through. I can push through and make it to the other side. I can figure this out. I don't need help. Uh, too often, we try to deal with, with life's chaotic moments on our own instead of letting Christ listen. Jesus was there. He, he's, he's there 
running to us saying, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to listen to what's going on. Just let it out. Yeah, not to Dr. Phil, not, not to Oprah, not to the friends necessarily in our book club or, or our, our son or daughter or spouse. No, no, tell Christ the true hope of the world, the true sustainer, the true savior. 1 Peter 5, 7 reads, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Notice it says, don't just give a little. Don't just give a, a, a portion. Don't just give the, the spiritual stuff. Don't just give the relational stuff. Don't just give the financial stuff. No, give all your worries. And he will listen. Why? Because he cares. He cares about you so deeply. He cares about me so much that he's willing to listen to all of our stuff. The nitty gritty, ugly, dirty, chaotic at times stuff. He's there with open arms and a listening ear. He's there. If we're going to survive in our chaotic moments of our lives, we got to be willing to share the stuff that's going on in our lives with him, the one person who actually can get us through. We have to be willing to share because he promises to listen. That brings us to our, our third truth today, and that's this. As we see here in Luke 24, Jesus points us to scripture for hope. Let's read here. Verse 25, then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures? Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scripture the things concerning himself. Jesus didn't, you know, go to his bookshelf and pick the next best, you know, self-help book off the shelf and give it to his followers. He didn't sit down with his followers and write a pros and cons list. No, he went to scripture. It says that he went to the writings and he went to the prophets. He went to the Bible. He went to the Bible to help share the hope that his followers needed. He, he went to the, to the Old Testament. He went to the Old Testament, which foretold of his coming, which foretold of his suffering, which foretold of the coming Messiah and how it would happen. Jesus tells his followers, the answers that you're seeking are right here. They're in the Bible. You've had them all this time. Here's the answers. Here's the answers for the chaotic moments of our lies but too often too often it's true for us that we want to figure stuff out on our own and we wonder why when we try and figure stuff out on our own why things just don't work out notice jesus points his followers to hear for the answers you see the bible is our manual for life it's like a gps it's like a GPS that, that gives us the directions, the right directions for where we need to go in life. 
the Bible. You know, most of us, definitely by now, have a smartphone, right? I mean, who has a flip phone still, really? We all got smartphones. Oh, oh, I may have found one. I got a visual reaction. Oh, my gosh, too. Okay, sorry. Don't pay attention. <clears throat> you know, I can tell you that one of the biggest things I use my smartphone for is directions. You know, we all have our, our favorites, you know, whether it be Google Maps or Apple Maps or my personal favorite ways, it's always right. Well, most of the time. And for my wife and I, we actually name the voice of, of our GPS. Her name is Martha. And Martha, we use Martha to tell us where to go. Now, sometimes my wife, uh, she would like to throw Martha out the window sometimes. Because, you know, maybe she disagrees with, you know, the directions that Martha gives, gives me. And I choose to listen to Martha versus my wife when it comes to directions for where to go. Yeah, I know, I know. Martha, I use for everything. And, and you know, I use Martha a lot. I use my GPS a lot. I use it so much. I, I may know exactly where I'm going across town in Bakersfield. You know, I, I may know that 15-mile drive across town, exactly where I'm going. I've been to that place so many times. But you never know. There may be an accident. And certainly nowadays, it seems like they have destroyed every road in Bakersfield. And you never know which on-ramp or off-ramp is going to be open this particular day at this particular dime off of 99. So you got to go to Martha. i got to go to my GPS in order to tell me the right directions, the particular route to route me around whatever on-ramp or off-ramp is closed on the 99 this particular day. I go to Martha to tell me the directions. I use her for my ETA, my estimated time of arrival, because I need to know if I need to step on the gas a little bit more in order to, to get to where I need to get to on time. I use Martha to get me to where I need to go, for the directions where I need to go. Jesus says, open up the Bible. He, he directs his followers to the Bible for the directions for life. He he. he, he directs his followers and he directs each of us to the Bible because it's our manual, it's our GPFs for life. Why are we looking over here for the answers? Why are we tuning in to this particular channel for the answers? The answers are right here in God's word. That's what he says to his followers and that's what he says to, to each of us. You want to find hope in chaos? Go to my manual for life. You want to find answers or direction during this point in your life? Go to my, my manual for life. Proverbs 35 says, Every word of God proves true. He is the shield to those who make refuge in him. You know, <clears throat> I don't know where you are in your particular walk with, with the Lord, but if, if, if you are struggling or maybe you haven't really spent too much time or currently maybe you're a little off track and you haven't spent that much time in God's manual for life, I would encourage you this week, start with just a couple days, five days out of the week, and go to God's manual for life. Spend some time reading in John, God's manual for life. And at the end of the week, see how your perspective, how your life, how maybe your hope on life has changed. See how it's changed. 
You know, maybe you just need to go on Amazon and get a devotional to help you through. Or my wife and I, as we use each morning, the Bible app, download it, the Bible app, download it off of your, onto your phone. We have a devotion that we, we go through. Uh, she goes through one, I go through a different one uh, on our phones each morning. This brings us to the, the fourth and final truth that we see here out of Luke 24, and that's this. We must recognize and learn from Jesus who is hope. Let's read here. Verse 28, by the time they were nearing Aramaeus and the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it, and then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened. And they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained scriptures to us? Jesus acted as if he was going to continue on his journey without them because he wanted to see if they were wanted and they were willing to continue to be in his presence. And as that night, as he went to their house, as the, the living as the bread of life broke physical bread and gave it to his followers, all of a sudden they recognized who he truly was. All of a sudden their eyes were opened to who this was. This is the Messiah. This is the Savior. This is the sustainer, sustainer of life itself. This is Christ. And, and, and all of a sudden, they, they remember back to when Jesus went to the Bible and pointed out in Scripture about the coming Messiah, and they realized, you know what? Why he was saying that, something was burning within us. We were changed. His followers were changed when they heard, they recognized who Jesus was. Their lives were changed. Their hearts were burning for him, his presence, hope that only he can provide. Their lives were changed. Their perspective, what they saw, their eyes were open. Their perspective changed forever. And the same is true for each of us. When we choose to see God for who he is, our lives are changed forever. Uh, when we choose to see God for the sustainer, to get us through the hope of the world that he is, our lives are changed. In our most helpless, hopeless moments, God does the most unbelievable, life-changing things. Do we go to him for the hope? Do we recognize him for who he is? He is the hope of the world. You think he can't help you? He is the hope of the world. You think what you got going on is too big? He's the hope of the world. What can't he change in your life? What do you think is, is too big for him? He's the hope of the world. Are we living like it? Are we living? Do we truly believe? Do we see God for who he truly is? He's the hope of the world. 
How has that realization changed your life? How have you allowed him to be the hope in your life? You know, you see, sometimes I, I really think there's, there's two kinds of hope in the world today. You know, we can hope in, in things, right? Things that fade. Or, or we can hope in one, something, someone. The, the someone, the one true Christ who never fades. Every day, you know, we either... We put our hope in a lot of things that disappoint us. Every circumstance, every situation, you know, every, every time we put our hope in, in, in certain things, it's going to wear out. It's going to give up. It's going to melt down. It's going to go away eventually. That's the problem with something, putting our hope in something versus someone. And not just anyone. No, the one true hope of the world, Christ Jesus, the one who can change our lives forever. The one who can truly provide us hope in the midst of our chaotic moments of each of our lives. You know, and when just stuff hits the fan and our lives just seem out of control, Jesus is there. Uh, when things are going wrong, Jesus is there. He's willing to walk with us. He, he's willing to listen to us. He's willing to walk through those struggles every step of the way. He is there, a listening ear. All we have to do is give it to him, walk with him, see him for the hope that he is, and he promises to bring us through the other side. He is the eternal hope. He never fades. Death could not kill him. Nothing could bind him. He is risen. He is alive today. And he's here for you and for me. He's the hope. Are we placing our hope in him today? He's the hope. He's there with outstretched hands. And he's there willing to walk with us every step of the way during the chaotic moments of our lives. Let us pray. As the band comes forward. We hope you've enjoyed this Vanguard Bible Church podcast. You can find more sermon messages online at vanguardbible.org. Have a great week, and we hope we'll see you soon.